Hi, and welcome back to Dancing Dog Blog. I'm your host, Mary Haight, and back with us today, Dr. April Steele, spokesvet for Partners for Healthy Pets, a group promoting optimal health through prevention. And we'll be talking about a huge problem, obesity in pets, how to assess it, what to do about it, and importantly, what not to do about it. Uh, we get so accustomed to treating our dogs as one of us, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but we can end up passing along our bad habits, too. Too many treats that are empty calories and some dietary rules for humans that can be misunderstood when applied to our dogs. Hi, April. Hello. It's so good to be back. Oh, yeah. Great to have you. Um, listen, uh, how big is this obesity problem in pets, really? Yeah, so um, no pun intended, but it's a huge problem. Um, <laughs> we are seeing that over 50% of the dogs that we see are overweight or obese. That means over 36 million dogs are into this category. And the interesting thing about that is um, 40% of owners that have a dog that are overweight, that is overweight or obese, think that their dog is at their ideal weight. So it's not only a problem, a health problem, but it's a perception problem as well. Why is it important to quality of life? What does obesity do? Yeah, you know, obesity is such a bigger problem than just I think as people, we think of obesity as an image issue and a social issue, but in dogs, that's not the issue. In dogs, it's a quality of life problem. There's some really good research that's come out in the last couple of years that shows us that Fat is not only an organ that stores things. We always think it's a storage organ, but it actually produces signals and chemicals that tells the body to be more inflamed. So they're pro-inflammatory signals, and inflammation is pain. So fat is actually creating more pain in an animal. Um, and it's not just because the increased weight does um hasten the development of arthritis because it does but the inflammation that that fat is causing causes that arthritis to be even more painful so i think that's really important as far as quality of life and living a comfortable life is fat is painful um, there's other things that fat does that we see every day unfortunately a lot of skin infections as gross as it sounds fat folds are great places for yeast and bacteria to grow Ooh. and um, we see chronic chronic problems and they're really difficult to address because these are dark warm moist areas. Areas. I mean, it's <laughs> disgusting, but they are. And the only way to change that local environment is to decrease that skin fold by, which is by reducing the fat. Um, weight loss does change that, though. It takes away those excessive skin folds in, in many regions of the body. We're not going to take the skin folds away of a bulldog's face, but, you know, around usually their back in the vulva, the legs, the arms. Um, and we can make a huge difference with weight loss um, to decrease the recurrence and chronic problems with skin infections. We see respiratory issues, and this really works against us because when we have an animal that's overweight or obese, we really want to help them by increasing their exercise, not just decreasing their calories. And if an animal can't breathe well, it's very difficult to do that. When I take a chest x-ray on a very overweight dog, I actually see fat inside the chest. So there's a big chest cavity, there's lungs. When an animal inspires or breathes in, those lungs expand. And if there's fat between the chest wall and the lung tissue, it can't expand. 
And so we do see shortness of breath and inability to really exercise well. Now, that's in the really morbidly obese dogs. Most dogs that are in the body condition score 7 to 8 range, we can exercise. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, we do see more problems with diabetes, um, especially trying to treat diabetes. And the insulin isn't as effective if there's a lot of fat. Um, and we actually have some studies showing we see more cancer, pancreatic, liver, esophageal, and mammary cancer in dogs that are overweight and then of course most people are aware that dachshunds those little long any little long dog can have really bad disc problems and paralyzing disc ruptures and that's much more likely if the animal is overweight or obese so so fat is painful exactly fat is painful fat is painful it can cause quality of life issues with skin infections, and it's a health risk. It can shorten an animal's life. So we need to prevent this and treat it and, and, and start having a leaner population because our pets are going to live longer, much happier lives if they're not overweight. So in, and with medical conditions, um, you were talking about diabetes. Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't diabetes act differently in cats than dogs? Absolutely. I mean, overweight cats have a really high incidence of forming um, diabetes. Um, the obesity factor makes a big difference. In dogs, it's more, I, there's some association there, and we're kind of figuring that out a little bit. It's not as clear as it is in cats, but we do know it's a lot harder to treat these dogs when they're overweight. So how how is it that pet parents can assess their dog's body condition at home? That's such a great question because, like we spoke about in the very beginning, 40% of owners that have overweight or even obese animals think their animals are at an ideal weight. And it's so hard when someone comes in to me and I have to tell them their animal's overweight and they think I am crazy. Um, <laughs> and I have to really um, explain to them that this isn't, a, you know, this isn't a comment on you or your behavior or your mm-hmm. eating habits. This is just <laughs> me advocating for your dog and explain all of those health issues that we just talked about and why it's really important. Um, but, I think there's there's two things that veterinary or that pet owners can do to really assess if their dog is healthy. One, which I can't overstress the importance of, is have your vet evaluate your dog at least once a year. Because when you see that animal every single day, you don't notice subtle changes. We don't notice them in ourselves. So not noticing them in our pets. Oh, well, see, that's probably <laughs> half the problem. <laughs> not noticing them in our pets, may, you know, it, it's not a surprise that that happens. But mm-hmm. I am, um, even myself, if I'm out of town for a couple weeks, um, I notice changes that I don't see when I'm around my dogs every day. Um, so get yeah. that visit at least once a year. Get a kind of a third party opinion, uh, an educated assessment on what on whether this is a problem or even if there's a trending, we you know most veterinarians um, keep a good record of weights over the visits and if there's a trending that looks like, oh, we're on a, a path to have a problem, let's do something about it now before it becomes a big problem. And then the other thing that pet owners can do, and I encourage them to do this regularly, is they can actually look at the body condition score um, of their dog, and there's um, there's a good chart that looks at the uh, scale of one to nine, and that's my preferred um, scale. And it, one is emaciated, and nine is really morbidly obese. And we, you for years and years, used to think that six was normal. And when, when you look at this chart, it really talks about 
you should be able to feel the ribs at it without pushing to feel them. We're used to pushing it. We can feel the ribs. Well, you're pushing really. Um, <laughs> Moving the fat out of the way. We're getting so that. You're supposed so. to really like you're talking about because people can't see this chart that that we can see. Um, yeah. Talking about a chart that has uh, dogs uh, of different sizes and one it starts that uh, with a um, below normal weight. And then you've got uh, uh, an average weight, and then you've got progressively heavier dogs uh, looked at from an overview, so that right. you can see how the sides fill out and the waist right. behind the ribs disappears on the dog. Exactly. So when you look down on your dog from the top, the ribs are supposed to be the widest point. Then you're supposed to have this waist come in. Mm -hmm. And people have straight dogs, and that's not normal. Um, And then when you look at them from the side, you don't want their belly to be flat all the way across. When it goes to their back legs, you want that belly to tuck up and have an angle up towards the back leg. So So if you use your hands with a flat hand and Mm -hmm. go down the ribs toward the back, um, on either side of the dog, you'll see kind of a V shape coming in your hands. Right. So your right. palms will start to meet closer than they did when you started. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, when you, um, when we looked at dogs and, um, there was a, a study done uh, several years ago that it was, you know, we thought body condition scores of six were normal. And that's where you had to, you have to push just a little to feel those ribs at a mm-hmm, six. Mm-hmm. And, um, the studies show that dogs live two years longer on average if they're a body condition score five. And that's just a slight, slight, about a 10% weight difference. And it's actually leaner than most people think dogs should be, to be quite honest. Most most people, when I say they need to get down to this five and you don't have to push to fill the ribs at all, mm-hmm. people are a little worried that that's too thin. But yeah. repeatedly, yeah. studies show that they live two years longer if they're a five. So we need to re-normalize what's normal. We don't want these super, super skinny, emaciated dogs, but I think we're kind of trend towards too much. Yeah, that's and that's interesting because uh, things change and, and we don't. We don't really think that they do. <laughs> so we're right. a little bit set in, in the way we see things. And we're sure what we know is right. And, That's you know, correct. it's, it's yeah. hard for veterinarians, too, because we're having to change as well. And, yeah. And we were well, told one way, and now we're being told something else. Yes, <laughs> and it's not unusual because we've yeah. gone through this with our own blood pressure count. Didn't change, <laughs> you'd still be bleeding ourselves. <laughs> you know? yeah, so it's good. Right. Yeah, I do, I do like that flat of a hand. Uh, use because, of course, I have this double-coated dog. So I've got a lot of fluffy yeah. hair, and I don't get the um, sight line advantage that people with short-haired dogs. Right, right. Yeah, so and I can't see his ribs when he's moving. Right, you know? exactly. Um, and there are dogs that come to see me that I look at them, I'm thinking, oh, boy, we're really going to have to have this weight loss talk. And then I put my hands on them, and I'm like, wow, they're great. They're it's all fluff. So <laughs> it is important to touch the animal for sure or, or really get your hands on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that will be helpful to people uh, to to use their hands to, to feel the ribs on the dog without any fat and to look at their dog from above to make sure that that waist comes in at the back. Um, and, and maybe they should be uh, writing down what they're feeding their dog. What yeah, you they know, do for themselves? You know, when they're on a diet themselves, a lot of people will write down like, okay, let me see what I did um, or what I'm doing today. And uh, that can be helpful then when you go to the vet. It's so important. And I every day I ask a client, I mean, they never bring that information in. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, but every day I ask a client to go home and do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
dogs for in general get similar amount of food every day unless grandma comes over. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you can, you, they can pretty much just go home and write down and, and, and I need them to write down every single treat, every single bit of food, every rawhide. Rawhides have calories. People don't think they do. Yeah, they do. You know, that's, that's, um, that's, like, that's like 50 calories. Yeah, That's there's huge. a lot of calories in raw hides. Yeah. That is huge. Um, so just every single thing, whether they think it's important or not, that goes in that dog's mouth, I want a note of it. I want them to submit that to me, and then I will do all the calculations and let them know um, how many calories the animal's getting. So, you know, your veterinarian should be willing to do that for you. Um, if you come in and get a body condition score done at your annual visit, and, and, and that nutritional assessment is part of that visit. Oh, and uh, we might uh, want to mention that probably, a good idea instead of the uh, empty calories that so many treats provide since uh, we're going to insist as a nation that food equals love um, <laughs> perhaps carrots and other items might be a good idea for a treat yeah i mean once you've assessed your pet your dog and you're thinking oh yep this looks like a problem mary and april say it's a problem so i'm going to do something <laughs> about it um then, there, you know, there's a lot of things you can do to, to get your dog to lose weight. It's not this overwhelming, impossible thing that we struggle with. And I think we have a lot of emotion as people about it and make it harder than it really is for mm-hmm. dogs. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's huge. The, the comment, food is not love. It's that interaction with you that they want. And, yeah, there are some very food-motivated dogs. I get that. And those really food-motivated dogs can really uh, benefit from carrots as treats as Mm -hmm. veggies as treats these animals that are so food motivated they just want something out of your hand that they can put in their mouth if they're picky and they don't think carrots are good enough well they're not really that hungry so you probably don't need to use that food as love um when (laughs) when people are training puppies and i think it's really really important or training any dog of any age it's really important to realize that there are multiple ways to reward a behavior and food is one of them but Mm -hmm. attention and interaction is another way and when we use food treats for rewards it's much more effective to use tiny tiny little pieces i mean think about the size of your pinky nail that's the size of your rewards you should be giving dogs when you're training them and that's for a couple reasons one is you don't want them to get overweight but the other one is they stay interested they're not getting these big jackpot rewards and then Mm -hmm. they're like yeah i'm not really hungry anymore (laughs) so i'm not gonna sit um so it really it really helps with the training to keep those those rewards very very tiny if you're going to use foods in the times that you're going to do that so um break everything up ahead of time um you know with weight loss i have a, a trick we can use for dogs that are overweight um, that are not growing puppies can't do this um, but adult dogs is you can decrease calories by about or decrease food by about 25 percent in almost any animal that's overweight safely if you go beyond that you can get too low in your nutrition and your nourishment you need to get into a specific weight loss diet that has really concentrated um, nutrients without as many calories, but up to 25% is a pretty safe range. And what I have my clients do, and my local grocery stores always know the dogs on a diet when people come in to buy this, but I have my clients go get green beans and just canned green beans, nothing fancy. We're not super worried about sodium in dogs, so don't buy the low sodium. They don't taste as good. And, uh, we, Take about 25% of the kibble away and bulk it back up with green beans. That way the dog's not hungry and begging and wanting treats all the time. And it's a Mm -hmm. trick that I've used for years and years. And 
makes weight loss a lot more successful. So if you go to your um, warehouse stores and buy huge cans of green beans in Brown, my hospital, they're going to say, is your dog on a diet? <laughs> Dr. Steele sent you over. Oh, that's so funny because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking my dad used to do that uh, as, as part of a diet that he would go on. Very effective. Now, <laughs> I, I do want to warn, if you go beyond that, about a quarter of the diet is green beans. It's not, you may not be giving enough nourishment. So do yeah. consult your veterinarian before you do that. And the other thing that I've seen clients do, which is not logical, but it happens, is they go and they get green beans and they just add it to the food instead of decreasing the food. So the oh. thought process is, Decrease the kibble by 25%, and then you're just giving the green beans so the animal's not hungry. So you you bulk it back up. You can even overcompensate a little. I don't care they're green beans, but make the dog happy that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you, you just want to make sure you don't keep them at the same amount of calories and then just add green beans because that's not very useful. Okay, so we have uh, a, a good example here of, of how to uh, lose the weight. Um, how how shouldn't we lose weight? I, I saw something in passing. I didn't stop to read the whole thing because I, I was just um, kind of a little bit astonished. Um, someone was suggesting using weight on their dog. Right, yeah. Um, that horrifies me as well. I, uh, and I think that there's probably certain situations with high performance dogs, sled dogs, where sled they, dogs, do, exactly. Yes, that, yeah. that was we're not, yeah, we're not talking about those. We're talking about pets. And, um, you know, any, any trainer for a human, um, who is working with weights will tell you, listen to your body. Do not strain over stress. They'll tell you to tighten your core. They'll tell you to do all these things that we can't tell a dog. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you, if you talk to, to good um, physical therapists and trainers, they'll tell you that you, anything you do without weights is very unlikely to create an injury in your body. Okay. If I did a back bend, it would create injury, but you know, for the most part, <laughs> um, it, it, it's really quite safe. So running with your dog, hiking with your dog, going on walks, Walks, throwing the ball, um, things like that are very, very safe. I, um, but if you add weights to that situation, you are really increasing the chances of injury, and it's not, it's not appropriate at all. I think, you know, like, like anything else, um, it's far easier to prevent something than it is to have had it happen and then try to deal with it. Yeah. So prevention would be key. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's a couple times when we know prevention is really, really important. Um, a couple thoughts. I get clients that come in all the time with puppies, say, how much should I feed my puppy? And I'll tell you, a lot of people start with what's on the bag of the food that they buy, and that's fine. It's a great starting place. But it's the intention of dog food companies to sell food, and those often overestimate what a dog needs. So don't feel beholden to that number. You absolutely, it's a starting place, but that's all it is. And with my um, puppy clients, I tell them, you know, your puppy's going to go through growth spurts just like a teenage boy does. So there'll be weeks where your puppy needs 25% more food, and there'll be weeks when the puppy needs 25% less food. So pick a day, let's say it's Sunday, look at your dog, look at the body condition score chart and say, is my puppy skinny, normal, or fat? 
If the, if the puppy's overweight, then decrease the food by about 10% for the next week. If it's doing well, keep it the same. And if it's underweight, increase the food by 10% the next week. And do it on a week-to-week basis until they reach their skeletal maturity. And that's the best way you can respond to your dog's need and not let him get overweight. What I see much too often is a puppy goes through a growth, growth spurt, gets a little thin, so they increase the food, and then they keep it at that, and that gets to be too much. They're not going through that growth spurt every single week. The other thing to keep in mind is that dogs will have decreased calorie requirements um, and decrease. they'll use less energy once they're spayed and neutered. And so at that time when they're spayed and neutered, automatically decrease their caloric intake by 10% um, and then keep an eye on them and adjust that further if needed. If it seems like you're adjusting it uh, more than 20, 25%, talk to your veterinarian, have them do the calculations about what your pet needs as far as calories and nutrition are concerned and make sure there's not a health issue going on. There's a lot of health issues that can cause overweight and obese dogs, um, low thyroid, Cushing's disease, um, diabetes, a lot of different things. So make sure you check out for that if you're having problems um, with, with weight loss. The other thing is getting to your veterinarian every single year, at least once a year, because we can see trends, and sometimes an animal's not, you know, they're just kind of borderline, but we've seen that they've gained 10% in their body weight in the last year, and we can see a huge red flag there and say, okay, time to put the brakes on. Let's see what we can do to change our, our feeding structure and, and how we're feeding, uh, feeding the animals. Um, it's important to remember that there are um, people in your life that are probably going to give treats to your pet that don't, their pet doesn't need. So it's often blamed <laughs> on the grandparent yeah. or the kids. Um, so one thing I encourage is to figure out what you're going to feed your dog that day. Put that aside and let them pick out of that kibble as treats so that they're not increasing the, in a non-nutritious way what the calories are that your pet is getting. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. So I think preventing by, you know, at least annually, exams, be aware of that spay-neuter time, be aware about those growth spurts, um, and then be aware for health issues as dogs age are probably the most important things to think about with prevention. Thanks so much, Dr. Steele, for being with us today. I I so appreciate your take on this uh, obesity issue. Mary, thanks for letting me give people this important information. I really hope it helps people help their pets live longer, healthier lives. This was great. Thank you. You can reach Dr. Steele at her practice in Denver, Tender Touch Animal Hospital. And if you'd like to hear more about the Partners for Healthy Pets initiative, go to healthypetcheckup.org. Questions about this podcast? Go to Dancing Dog Blog. Thanks for listening.